Welcome to the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Kate Allen. Kate is a second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2022, and she is also the head of Darden Cup. Now, if you're new to learning about the Darden community, you're definitely gonna wanna know about Darden Cup. It is one of the premier events of the school year. It runs all year, lots of different competitions between the sections and is a ton of fun. We talked with Kate about her decision to pursue an MBA, what led her to Darden, and what she's been up to uh, with Darden Cup this year. I think you're really gonna enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Kate Allen. Kate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. All right. Well, how are you doing? Happy New Year. Happy 2022. Um, how was your break? It was great. Yeah, we, um, we actually got to go home for a little bit um, with my family and then um, went down to Buenos Aires, Argentina with uh, a classmate of ours um, who is from there and, and took us home with him. So it's the first time I've ever traveled somewhere um, with someone who is like from that country, from that city. And so it was a very different, more like local experience. It was really cool. I mean, that sounds amazing. Not too bad for, <laughs> not too bad for just a, uh, a winter break um, yeah. to go to Argentina. Um, were there any highlights from your, from your time there? Oh gosh. Um, lots. Uh, the, the weather was nice. It's uh, snowing in Charlottesville right now. So 82 was, was definitely pleasant. Um, I think the coolest thing is you know, we, we do a lot of, um, the kind of grilling grill out barbecues, the Lassa group here will do a lot of, um, kind of Brazilian style cooking and Argentinian style, Argentinian style cooking. And so getting to experience that firsthand, um, at my friend's home and then at another garden student's home was kind of a cool, like in, in country experience. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. You mentioned the Latin American Students Association. We've actually yeah. had a couple of leaders uh, from that student organization on the podcast. So very um, cool. Essential listening. If people would like to yeah. learn more <laughs> about that, about that student organization, one of many here at Darn. I think we're over 50 in, in county. Yeah. So well, we're going to talk uh, more about your work with Darden Cup in the in the second half of this conversation. But before we get there, I want to give our listeners a chance to get to know you and hear a little bit more about your story. So um, tell us about you and your background. What did you do before coming to Darden? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was in Indianapolis, Indiana, um, working for Eli Lilly and Company, which is a major pharmaceutical company. Um, I worked in technically corporate finance. It was a, a mix of corporate finance and market research kind of throughout my journey. Um, was there for five years, five and a half years, um, and really awesome experience. I got to see everything from the R&D side of the business, where I was in my last role, um, all the way down to the commercial side of the, the value chain in my first role, um, which has been kind of interesting coming to Darden and, and doing the core classroom experience because I got to see at least, you know, auxiliarily at some point in my career, many points of that value chain. And so it made it really relevant experience for coming into the core curriculum, which was really cool. Um, loved Indianapolis. Uh, my husband was was also at Eli Lilly. He's also a Darden student. So we are um, one of the, the double couples that's in our class, which has been a lot of fun, uh, kind of going through this whole experience together. Um, and prior to Lilly, I did my undergrad at Butler University, uh, also in Indianapolis, was a marketing and finance double major. Kind of a weird left brain right brain combo um and have spent my whole my whole life in the midwest i grew up in a really small town in northern illinois um, before making my way to, to indiana so first time living outside of the midwest was, was coming here to Darden. 
Was that a big choice for you to, to leave the Midwest for business school? Was that intentional? I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually kind of our first cut when looking at schools. One of the biggest points of coming to business school as people who had business backgrounds was to get kind of a more diverse experience. I'd mentioned earlier, even meeting a lot of international student friends has been awesome. Um, but even just trying to get a more diverse U.S. experience um, by living outside of the Midwest. So yeah, that was actually our, our first cut when we first started looking at schools. So what was it like to do the whole MBA application process as a couple? Imagine that might add another layer of consideration and maybe even a potential level of difficulty, right? You hope that you both get into the same schools, all of these kinds of things that you have to think about when you're doing this as a couple versus as a single person, or maybe with someone with a trailing partner or spouse, not Mm -hmm. going through the application process. How was that? Yeah, um, you, you nailed it. It's definitely stressful. Um, and I mean, this process is insanely stressful for everybody. And so to add that extra layer of um, hoping that two people can get into the same school. Um, I think for us, the, the first thing, and this is kind of my always biggest advice to prospective students, is understanding like deeply why you're going to business school and what it is that you're trying to get out of the business school experience really before you even start looking at rankings and schools and things like that. And so luckily we had very aligned perspectives on what those things were, which helped us kind of narrow down schools that were good fits for us. Um, but I think that's kind of the first step in the process. Um, and once you do that, then it's it's fun in some ways, right? Because you have another person who's going through it as intimately as you are and really understands it even better than like your friends and family can. Um, but like, being nervous of whether or not the other person's going to get in. We actually applied in different rounds, um, just tackling the, the GMAT, as I'm sure many people can relate to, uh, was difficult. And so we applied in separate rounds. I got in first round and then kind of the waiting game uh, to see how round two played out. Um, but I would also say for those that are considering going through it with a partner, like the experience living it in these two years has been really fun. We're in two different sections. So we have you know, close friends that are in both sections and can kind of span that spectrum. Um, and it's been really worth it. So. Gosh, well, thank you so much for, for sharing all of that. And, you know, I know that first of all, one, we know as an admissions committee that it can be a stressful and nerve wracking process of applying. And of course, if you're going through it with a, with a partner uh, who's also applying, I guess it's times two, <laughs> but you are right that it's nice to have that support network who can intimately understand what you're what you're going through, all the uncertainty, all the all the effort. You know, you're putting yourself out there, you're taking a leap, hoping that it works out. And here you are, you're at you're at Darden. So you'd mentioned, you know, wanting to get outside the Midwest, you know, about this sort of first cut of school. So Darden, you know, what about this school uh, resonated with you and appealed to you? Yeah. Um, so I pulled on a little bit of my market research uh, background, I guess, when we were going through this process. And so, you know, the, the first kind of cut was was looking at schools outside the Midwest. Obviously, we were targeting kind of top 20-ish schools, um, which, you know, actually, when you take those two cut it and there, it was down pretty quickly. Um, and then I started doing a lot of internet research. Uh, and my biggest thing was looking at the different schools' websites and seeing what was most prominently placed and kind of what, you know, we'd done that self-reflection to say like, what were we trying to get out of business school? And so where were those things placed on the school's website? Was it buried in some, you know, back, you had to click through seven different web pages to find it, or was it something that was more prominently displayed? And 
that kind of helped me narrow, actually like narrowed out some schools that I didn't think kind of aligned with what we were trying to get out of the experience. Um, and then from there, fortunately we were, this was all still pre-COVID when we were looking. And so um, we were able to go visit schools. And I mean, I think hopefully we're getting closer back to that, that point for prospective students, but even just talking to, to current students and trying to get a feel for culture and like, are these people that you would think that you would end up being friends with and have a like build a strong network with because that is a huge component of the business school experience. Um, and it sounds very cliche and probably difficult for prospective students to replicate, but like just feeling at home a little bit when you're on campus and when you're talking to people from that school, you don't feel like you're having to put on kind of a overly professional front. You just, it feels very natural. Um, and there were definitely some schools where that wasn't the case. And so that knocked them out further. Um, and we got down to kind of four or five schools that we were deeply considering Garden obviously being one of them. Um, and the case method was, you know, obviously a huge pull. Um, the other thing that I think is probably not talked about quite as much about the case method is just the connection you get with your professors because of it. We were actually at, a, I think, an admitted student's um, reception and uh, Mike Lennox was talking about how the professors that come to case method school, like they're making an active choice and it is honestly more work for them to teach at a case method school than it is for them to teach at a lecture school. And so the professors we get here are really involved in the student experience um, and are really involved in student success. And that's just a very different um, vibe than at other schools, which we really liked. And the last piece that actually was mentioned to um, uh, us by our, our admissions counselor was the like student centric student run portion of the broader university. So you think about things like the honor committee at the UVA level, and even just the way Jefferson set up the university to be incredibly student run. And I did a lot of student government stuff in undergrad and high school and really liked that idea that you have a say and, you know, a, a poll in what your experience is going to be like, because faculty and staff and administration like really want to listen to what you have to say because of the student run governance piece of it. Um, and so that was a huge pull to Darden for us too. But I think I'd be lying if I didn't say that the, you know, the culture and the, the feeling of comfortability and kind of home was the biggest thing. Um, and that always rang true for, for Darden from the very beginning. Well, you're right. Uh, one of the things that we share when people are applying to business school is you're not applying for a job. You're actually applying to, to be part of a community, right? A, a community that plays out in the classroom, outside of the classroom, all of these kinds of things. And so, um, you know, doing your research, trying to get a feel for each school, personality of the school, the people you would be learning with, the way the faculty engage with students, who the faculty are. So much, so much of that that matters. Um, mm -hmm. We were able to do some in person tours this mm -hmm. fall. Hopefully, uh, we'll uh, we'll get back to that place. You know, with the with yeah. the, with everything. Um, we know that when people are able to come to Charlottesville and and be on grounds and visualize their experience, that that helps. We, we've certainly found a way to do all of do some of these things virtually, but we're we're eager to have folks. Uh, in Charlottesville too. Uh, to yeah, spend that's some time. the other. I should have mentioned that before because it was a it, really, it was a huge piece for us. Is if you want to be in a big city, like you really like you should go to a big city school. And it's that a lot of people are from that city, and so they live kind of all over the place. They don't all live next to each other like we do here at Darden. Um, and people have friends that still live in the area that are are not affiliated with the school. 
which has some pros to it, right? You can kind of expand your network and meet some other people. But we were really kind of goes back to that list of things we were coming to school for, right? We were coming for this really immersive experience and to engage with our classmates and kind of really like be a part of that bubble. Um, and I think some of that can get disrupted when you're out of really big city school and Charlottesville is, is perfect for it, right? Like most people live in either Huntington, Ivy or Pav, you're within walking distance from your, your classmates and your friends. We live in Huntington and our little like cul-de-sac of 10 or 12 houses. I think 10 of them are second years now um, and all really good friends of ours. So we have like a little block party going kind of every day, which is a lot of fun. Well, that's one of the interesting things about about Darden. That while we don't have, well, maybe on, on campus housing and the in the kind of way that people may think of about that, nevertheless, students all seem to basically live at least early first year and maybe even second year in many of the same uh, apartment complexes. You mentioned the pavilion yeah. at North Grounds, Ivy um, Garden, and then of course the Huntington Village. So um, it, it's funny how how that works. So. Well, Kate, I want to ask you about your first year. So you come to Darden. Um, you'd mentioned having this kind of marketing and finance background. So maybe some of the material was familiar to you, but you were new to the world of graduate business school education. Um, what was that first year like? Yeah. Um, obviously, our first year was a little different than what it normally looks like, given being virtual and COVID. But I actually think that a lot of the fundamentals behind what first year is like really wasn't all that different for us. Like, I, I think coming out of first year, I still ended up meeting pretty much everyone in my section in person at least once. And so, you know, we, we got a lot of that flavor of what first year is supposed to be like. And I think the thing that was hardest for me to get used to is when you're working, it's like you do your job from, you know, whatever, eight to six, eight to seven, depending on what your role is. You go home, you work out, you make dinner and kind of like your, your world is pretty defined for you. Um, Whereas when you come here, there's so many options. You've got everything that's going on with class, which is like a full-time job within itself. You could really like throw 100% of your time into it. You layer on recruiting, which has all sorts of different layers to it. I was one of those people that ended up recruiting or like being in most of the career clubs because I wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do, um, which took me in a lot of different directions. And then you lay on all, like, all the different pieces of social, which some of which are you know, purely social, just hanging out and meeting new friends. And then some of it is wrapped up in the different clubs and, and activities, and even some of the you know speakers that come on campus for various reasons. And so there is a lot going on. And I, people talk about this a lot when you're going through the, the admissions process. Of it's really easy to get pulled into things that you didn't intend to get pulled into, which can be a good thing, right? Opens you up to something new. Um, but someone gave me really good advice when you were in perspective student shoes about you should create like a, a business school bucket list, if you will, of like, what are the 10 things that you want to walk out of this experience being like, yeah, I did those things. Um, and it serves as a really good guiding light. I think when you start getting overwhelmed with all the different options and all the different like paths you can take to say like, okay, do these fit into this bucket list? And if not, like, is it something I still want to do because I've now reformed my bucket list now that I'm in the middle of the experience? Or is it something that I need to learn how to say no to? Um, and so I think just that process of evaluating all the different options that are out there and trying to decide, like, what you're going to fit into your schedule and what you're going to say no to, because all of them are very interesting in their own right, um, was really hard to get used to. 
Would you mind telling us a few things that were on your business school bucket list? Yeah. Um, so some of them are really tactical. Um, we, when we were at Admit Students Weekend, started playing racquetball with someone who's actually now a very good friend of ours. Um, so that got put on my bucket list. Like I'd never really played a lot of racket sports. So some of them were really kind of small, like unaffiliated to business school, things like that. Um, I have one that's about uh, traveling to time it was four different countries I think with COVID that maybe has gotten reformed a little bit to four different places um which we've been shipping away at uh, and then some of them are more um philosophical is maybe the right word about like getting better at risk-taking getting better at asking a lot of questions before kind of coming to a conclusion on something um I haven't figured out yet I'm going into consulting hence all of my you know bucketing and uh problem solving pieces um, but yeah, they kind of span the spectrum of, of different things. Well, you mentioned coming into business school and not being totally certain about what you wanted to do next. How did you work through that? Uh, what was your approach yeah. to kind of narrowing in on what you wanted to do? Yeah. Um, so I came in thinking that I wanted to do something kind of in the corporate strategy realm, which um, can be a very big buzzword and uh, is also probably encompasses a lot of things that people that are coming to business school want to do. Um, and so I really just started going to any of the information sessions for the companies. So companies will come on ground and kind of do these 45 minute to 60 minute sessions where they talk about their, their firm or, or the industry. Um, and I started going to as many of those as I thought were interesting. I did a lot of pre-work. Um, the CDC does an awesome program that students go through like the, the summer before they come to school called CDY, um, which kind of helps you reflect on your career goals, long-term and short-term, and helps you kind of define industries and companies you might want to target. Um, and so I'd done a lot of work over the summer to create a pretty good target list and, and think through the characteristics of what I would want in my next company. Um, and so using that as kind of a guiding light and going through all these information sessions, it kind of started to come into better focus, like a pixelated picture that was, you know, each data point was coming more and more into focus. Um, it would be remiss to not give a massive shout out to Christy Gunville, who is in the CDC, who runs the, the consulting group. Um, and she and I had had a, a coaching session at one point early on. And she said, you know, I'm not just saying this because I'm the consulting lady, but everything you're telling me like really fits into what consultants do. And I know you said that you kind of knocked that one out early, but go to a few information sessions and just feel it out. And, you know, if you decide you want to do it, don't want to do it, I won't be offended, but give, give, you know, give it a chance. Um, and I'm very thankful she said that because once I started going to some of those information sessions, I agreed it was it really fit into what I thought I wanted to do long-term. And so I went through the whole kind of like first two and a half quarters of recruiting process, fully considering everything, but put a lot of focus on consulting. And, and then that's where I was this summer and, and what I'll be doing after school. Was that surprising to ultimately be interested in something that you had kind of ruled out so that you didn't want to do? Yeah, I, I ruled it out because I think a lot of people, it becomes a little bit of a joke. People coming to business school are like, well, of course you're going into consulting, especially at a place like Darden where we have a really big general management focus and, and that, that coincides really well with consulting. Um, so I think part of me was being a little anti-conformist, I guess. Um, but once I started understanding like what it is that consultants actually do on a day-to-day -day and what sort of value it is that they bring to the clients and to the industries, 
Um, it, it aligned really well with what I wanted to do. So I guess in the long run, no, it wasn't surprising. It was probably me just getting over that, um, that hump of not, of trying not to be like everybody else. Well, that's always a, a tricky thing. You know, I think I, I, I can understand. And I think most of our listeners can probably relate to like the thing that might seem obvious. Maybe you don't go to that first. You kind of want to push it some other things and then maybe you come back to the, to that idea. Yeah. So how was your summer? Did you have a good summer? I had an excellent summer. Um, got the chance to, to actually go out to, so I was um, at BCG San Francisco, um, got the chance to, to actually go out there and work in the office um, somewhat. We, we were kind of optional to be in the office, but my team uh, co-located a few times, which basically means we picked one of the offices within the West Coast system and like all flew to that office and, and stayed there and worked together, which was a lot of fun. Um, it like it's a super interesting world, right? You you have clients that are coming to you with some of their their toughest kind of highest level strategy problems, and there is absolutely no right answer, which I think is the number one thing that Darden Core Curriculum teaches you to be comfortable with is that ambiguity is is actually a good thing sometimes, and there's there's power in in being comfortable with that, and that not having a correct answer is the reality in most cases and that you just need to figure out like how to compile data and compile an argument kind of a business case for something. Um, so it was, it was a great summer. Um, I had kind of a weird scenario session of events where I ended up on kind of like two or three different cases throughout the summer, um, which is fairly atypical, but um, actually ended up being an awesome experience because I got to see two different kind of practice areas within the within the firm and then actually did an internal project for a couple of weeks. So a uh, really cool experience, got to see a lot of different things and obviously liked it enough to be going back. So, Will you be in, in San Francisco? Um, so a little bit TBD right now. Uh, I mentioned my husband's also a Darden student. Um, he is actually the tech club president and is very involved in the tech world. Um, and he actually recently got some offers in Austin. So we may be making a move, but as of, uh, as of January 17th, a little too busy. Well, that's okay. I was just curious because I'm thinking about your story, right? You're from, you mentioned Northern Illinois, you go to college in Indiana, you come to business school in Charlottesville, Virginia, you know, seeking something outside of the Midwest. And yeah. <laughs> well, let's just say uh, San Francisco is definitely not, not the Midwest. The journey continues. So. Yeah. And I think that's a really important, I feel like I'm kind of sounding like a broken record, right? Of this whole like figure out like why it is that you're doing something and what it is that you're trying to get out of it. I think it's, is such an important piece of this process because you can get pulled in so many different ways. And for a lot of people when they're picking office location, it, it is family and, and, or like where they were before Darden, do they like that city? And that's totally cool. I think that's actually probably the most common thing. Um, for us, it was a little bit more industry. Um, they, BCG doesn't have an office in uh, Garden Prairie, Illinois. So we weren't going anywhere close back to my family. Um, and there isn't a ton of tech in Texas where my husband's from other than Austin. So, um, we were a little bit more focused on getting industries that made sense for us and kind of building family around that. Um, but I guess you never know where the world is going to take you because, uh, sounds like we may be ending up back in Austin. You just never know. I mean, that's part of the journey. And I, I think yeah. it's also probably pro part of the excitement of having two people on this journey at the, sa <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, here you are, a second year student. And I'll just note for our listeners who do not know this. So I'd emailed you uh, just with some schedule questions. And I think you had revealed to me in that email that you're taking 
am I, am I right? Seven classes? <laughs> yeah, seven classes. I would say it's pretty, that's pretty uh, not normal. I get a real reaction from a lot of people. Um, I chose my second year classes based on things that were most interesting to me. Um, and actually texted a, a good friend of mine that is the year above me and said, essentially, am I a masochist for doing seven classes in one quarter? And he was like, no, I think you'll be able to handle it. And, you know, just uh, be strategic about how you spend your time. But yeah, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I mean, are you on your bucket list items here? Or is this uh, intersecting with some of the things that you said, oh, here's what I absolutely want to accomplish during my time in business school? Yeah, actually a lot of the, so a lot of classes I'm taking this quarter are um, managing innovation, um, uncertain, dealing with uncertainty or leadership to uncertainty. So a lot of those kind of dealing with ambiguity pieces. Um, one of the other things on my bucket list was to actually write a case since that is so like prevalent in the Darden experience. And a couple of my classes are final is to, to write a, a Darden style case. Um, so yeah, definitely ch like taking off a few bucket list items. And also you just think about like, what are the good skill sets that a consultant needs to have and what are the classes that are going to help me kind of hone those skill sets. All right. Well, one of the running conversations we've been having here on the podcast with second year students is, well, you come out of that first year where you've got core and you're recruiting and all these kinds of things competing for your time. And it's not that the second year becomes less busy. It actually gets <laughs> busier, but what you're filling it up with is maybe a different set of activities. One of which is, club organization leadership for many of our students. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I know that's been part of your second year story. So can we talk a little bit about what you're doing outside of the classroom right now? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's such an interesting dynamic and we laugh about this a lot because um, you go from first year where you business school being two years, it's kind of like your first semester, you feel like a freshman in high school or college, your second semester, first year, you feel like a sophomore and then a junior and a senior. And it's like, one second you're sitting there as the new person having no idea what's going on. And then the next second you're a second year and you're like leading clubs and serving as a career coach to, to students. And you're kind of like, how did I end up here? I, how am I the authority? Um, so it's, it's a fun experience that second years go through, especially at the beginning of the year of figuring out how to serve in those leadership positions when we're, you know, feeling still pretty new ourselves. Um, so I am a, a second year coach, um, which essentially entails all the first years are assigned to a second year coach. Um, we each have kind of four or five coaches um, and we go through a, a class during mostly first and second quarter um, on coaching and, and how to be a good coach. It's a super interesting class. Anybody who has managerial um, hopes and dreams, which I would imagine are most MBA students, like highly recommend going through the program because I feel like I have learned a ton um, and have kind of four new first year friends um, that I, I get to help kind of lead through their experience. Um, so that one's a ton of fun. It takes a lot of time, um, but it's, it's very much worth the effort. Um, but the other really big thing that I'm involved in and mentioned it earlier uh, is Darden Cup. Um, so Darden Cup is a, a year long uh, competition between the different sections of Darden. Um, and it's this fun kind of way for first years and second years and actually faculty and staff um, to have something outside of the classroom to, to bond around. Um, most years it's been, it's waffled uh, as time has gone on, but most years there's nine different events that we do. They span everything from like traditional sporting events, soccer, basketball, cricket, actually, um, all the way to 
um, but like less athletic events. So we do like a trivia night. Um, we started doing an esports competition last year during COVID, which will be back again this year. Um, and then uh, we do a talent show every year, which is a kind of singing, dancing, skit, probably a variety of shows is a better, better term for it, um, that happens at one of the theaters downtown. Um, but it's a really cool part of the Dalton culture that I don't think any of, at least in my like search, I didn't find any other school that had something like this. Um, and it is very ingrained professors. I think every event we've had at least five plus professors come. Um, the professors help judge at the um, talent show. Um, one of our professors, I think, often has been a, um, a ref for uh, cricket because he's very into the sport. Um, and so it's just another one of those really cool ways to bond with not only your classmates and the, the second year or first year kind of counterparts, um, but also with faculty and staff. That's a lot of fun. Well, I'm, I appreciate your mentioning the, the second year coach program. We get so many questions uh, from prospective students about career center resources. Mm -hmm. and, and you did a great job of highlighting some of them, CD, CDY finding mm -hmm. uh, the summer course that's available to students online, self-paced course. You talked about you know, the senior directors, Christy Gunville, who works closely with students who are interested in consulting, like all of the all the resources that are dedicated to helping students kind of explore their careers and where they would like to go. Um, but one of the things that can sometimes get lost in that conversation is the extent to which second year students play a really instrumental role in helping first year students navigate everything from the career investigation process to uh, the actual job application process and going through the interview process with some of these firms. Um, that is, that's a, I think, a really cool thing about Darden. I think it says a lot about the community. And I would say, like, broadly, second years are always willing to help. And it, it varies on the industry. Consulting is a really heavy networking process. And so, you know, you will talk to a lot of second years throughout that process, whether or not they're your coach. But, like, I still talk to my coach from last year. Like, you're with your friends. You, you form a really interesting bond with them because they are with you through some of your highest highs and your lowest lows. Um, and... Like I said, it's, it's a really valuable experience as the coach, because I think I had served in a mentor type capacity a lot before Darden, but a lot of times in that experience, you're, you're kind of just giving your advice on something and someone asks you a question, you kind of give the quote unquote answer. Um, and what we've learned in our coaching class a lot is that like, even if you have a very similar experience, you're a different person, you don't have the same experience. And so really good coaches are actually really good at asking questions and helping the coachy like find their own answer versus kind of giving them the answer that a lot of times you'll do as a mentor. And so that slight shift, like I even find myself doing it with my friends sometimes when they have things that they're going through or, you know, my husband is, as he's been going through a recruiting process, like it's just such a valuable skill set that you get as a coach as well, that I think is so prevalent when we're going back into the workforce as you know, future leaders of the companies. So. Well, I want to take some time to talk about Darden Cup because, as, yeah. as you mentioned, it, it does feel like one of these things that is uniquely Darden. Um, people always have questions about it. Um, and so how do you determine the events that are going to be competed in? Let's, let's just start there. Yeah. Um, so each section has a, a Darden Cup rep. Um, each section has like a leadership team in first year and, and one of those positions is Darden Cup. Um, I'm actually super fortunate that the, the five Darden Cup reps from my first year, who are now second years, 
um, are still really actively involved as well. Um, they're incredibly helpful and, and good mentors to the first year. So we've got this kind of quote unquote committee, if you will, of 10 people and then me as the 11th. Um, and a lot of it's based on events that have happened in years prior. So like soccer is a really popular one. There's a lot of people starting that. We have a former MLS player. We have a former player from overseas. So some really, really good um, folks. And then just people who have played in college and, and high school. Um, so some of it's things like that, the events that have been around forever. Um, and then every year we're, we're trying to push ourselves to get more and more kind of diverse in the experiences and inclusive. Um, I think when Garden Cup first started, it was purely athletic events um, and have since over the years kind of morphed into having some of you know, trivia and, and esports. And last year we did a board games competition and things like that. Um, huge, like, kudos to the, the Darden Cup VP of the year before me, because his, basically, his quote that I always remember was, everybody at Darden should be able to look at the list of events and see at least one thing that they're excited to participate in. Um, and so that was a, kind of our continued rally cry this year, is just evaluating what are the things that have always been popular. Um, with COVID last year, Alex May, who was the, the VP before me, actually did quite a bit of new events as well, some of which were really popular, so we tried to keep those around. Um, and you can't really do a whole lot more than nine just because the, the timing of the school year, things are really busy. Um, and so we just kind of slot in, um, you know, rank of, of, of popularity, what the best events would be. Well, I appreciate the Alex May shout out. He <laughs> came on the podcast to talk about Darden Cup and the transition to more virtual events. And mm -hmm. uh, if memory serves, I think he's also a Midwesterner. I think he so Alex May and I actually interned together uh, junior year of high school, junior year of college. Um, and he was like the one Darden person I knew uh, coming in as a, as a new student. So uh, it's kind of uh, fun having transitioned with him because we were, were pretty good friends before that. Well, that is a that is a small world story. So um, has it been challenging to try to do Darden Cup in this time where obviously the pandemic continues to ebb and flow? I mean, UVA still managed to you know resume normal operations in August, mm -hmm. has been in normal operations. Um, we're recording this here in mid-January, continues to be in, in normal operations. Uh, how does that affect, you know, Darden Cup, what's possible, you know, maybe what's more challenging? I'm, I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll say this year it's, it's been pretty normal. Um, I mean, other than just mass when we're inside and up until this point, we've had mostly outdoor activities. So um, it, it, it hasn't been bad, um, especially given what I know Alex's experience to have been last year. And um, I think we're coming into an interesting time here with, uh, you know, Omicron kind of raging and, and wanting to make sure that we're, we're safe. Our next event is that talent show, which is uh, usually a really big draw for students that the audience tends to be pretty big. So that one will be interesting to make sure that we just navigate it well. The university has been pretty incredible in working with us. Um, and I know Alex had the same experience last year. And I think this is where something like COVID is, it brings out, I think, the importance of Darden Cup because you can talk to a lot of our first year, like my class basically, it was like one of the biggest things that we remember from last year because it was one of the most normal things that we got to experience. Um, one of the first kind of in-person Darden Cup events we got to do last year was this relay race, which I'm sure Alex probably talked about in his session. He was, uh, it's like a 60 station uh, relay race that spanned across like the entire North Brown area of UVA. So it was a huge lift from an event planning standpoint and a huge lift uh, on the Darden Cup reps. But 
it was such a fun event because everyone got to be outside and kind of cheering for each other and just like the energy and excitement around actually getting to do something in person um, was huge. And I, I think that still has run through this year as a lot of the second years are just now kind of having the more quote unquote normal Darden experience. Um, a lot of those times in which we're together as a big school is Darden Cup events. Um, like our first one, um, which is the uh, lawn games that happens usually like the first week of school every year, it had almost like 600 people at it. Um, so they're, they're big all school events. Um, and it is just a, such a cool part of the Jordan culture that I think is one of the things that kind of got us through the, the COVID virtual world um, really well. But fortunately, um, I've had no, nowhere near the same uh, issues that Alex had to go through last year, which has been pleasant. <laughs> Well, I would imagine also Darden Cup is probably a nice break from everything for people. Um, you mentioned it, maybe having this sort of normal normalizing or normalcy uh, to it. Um, but I would also think in a, in a time that, you know, I think pe- it's a more stressful time in the world. Obviously, business school, you're, you're, you're balancing a lot of things. To have something like this to also focus on, to put some energy towards, probably helps people stay balanced in a certain way. Totally. I mean, it's, a, you know, like we, we know that exercise and being outside and, and things like that kind of help balance the, the stress and um, especially when you're sitting on a computer all day. Um, I think one of the things that I've always loved about it is you're amazed at some of the, the talents that you don't realize your classmates have. Like I remember last year when we did soccer, um, a guy in my section was an incredible bully. And we like, I, we, I don't know, I just didn't, I never really talked to him about like what sports he played in high school or anything like that. And he ended up getting into a, um, a PK, you know, back and forth um, with the guy I mentioned earlier, who was a professional goalie overseas and, and held his own. And so it was just, it's so fun to see what sort of crazy talents your classmates have that don't come out in the classroom all the time, um, but have a, an opportunity to shine during things like Garden Cup. I think the talent show is a big one where people start to sing and, and dance and play instruments. Um, a guy in the grade above us actually did like a, four minute like whistling like if you can whistle an entire four minute song um so there's just like such fun uh talents that that get exposed during garden cup um and even just you know to your point the ability to to gather together and, and do something active is really fun it's also a good i would say darden people are are pretty not competitive with each other like it is it truly is a really collaborative school um, and even when you're going through things like recruiting people who are interviewing for the same spot as you will like help you prep for the interview. Like I would say on the whole, Darden is very, very collaborative. It is not a ladder climbing type of personality, except for when it comes to Darden Cup. <laughs> and then we are very, very, very competitive, which is just kind of a fun, uh, friendly competition uh, environment. Well, you mentioned earlier in the conversation, one, you've got limited time. You have to prioritize. A bucket list can be helpful. Was being involved in school leadership, some sort of extracurricular activity important to you uh, before you started? And how did you decide that Darden Cup was going to be that thing, if, if that was, in fact, something that was on your bucket list? Yeah. Um, so definitely, yes. School leadership, I was, I mentioned the, the section kind of leadership um, group. I was our treasurer for section E last year. Um, and I, I really have done student government stuff since I was in middle school. So it's kind of always been a part of my brand, I guess, if you will. Now I'm, now I'm really starting to sound like an MBA. Um, I think the thing that I struggled with a lot coming into school was 
I am naturally drawn to things like student government and those type of positions, but I was coming to school to try to do different things and things that I hadn't done in the past and had new experiences. And so trying to balance this notion of like doing things that you've done in the past that you probably have good experience to bring to the table um, and that you're, that you're good at versus spending your time doing things that you've never done before and getting truly new experiences was a difficult balance for me. And I'm not even sure that I got it right, to be fair. Um, and so when we were coming into um, elections, which like all of the, the class leadership elections for second year happened actually right about this time, we're about to start them in February, believe it or not. Um, I was looking at kind of all the things on the table and um, my husband and I have always laughed. My husband played baseball in college. So he's kind of always been the sporty one and I've been the like, academic one and now we've totally flipped the script and I'm running things like a, a school-wide sporting event and uh, he's in charge of the tech club um so it felt like it was something that was enough outside of my comfort zone that you know I wouldn't normally have been associated with in my own head but also at its core like Darden, being the VP of Darden Cup is an event planning job um and a kind of a large-scale communications job and that is stuff that I have done a lot in the past and so it was kind of a good blend of the two but um, I knew I wasn't going to be able to walk out of my Darden experience having not given back to the community at some point. And so I knew I wanted some type of student leadership position. It was just what was kind of the big question. And um, for whatever reason, Darden Cup just kind of rung true. I think the, the community aspect of it just always seemed really cool to me. And I, I wanted to be a part of it. Well, it's interesting to hear you say that you weren't historically in, in your life kind of an athlete athletic person or you find yourself <laughs> in that way because I think most people think well if you're running Darden Cup then you probably played a college sport or you, yeah. you know, were always engaged in athletic activities but it sounds like maybe not for you yeah and I mean I've played volleyball my entire life so you know I've I've, I've done athletic things um but I think between my husband and I it was definitely not me who was the the athletic one and it's actually not to get like too deep down this path, it's actually something that's been a problem for Darden Cup in the past is a lot of times the, the first year reps, um, it tends to be men. Um, and it tends to be people who played sports as, as that as, you know, in college or in high school. Um, and I think that's why we've pushed over the years to have Darden Cup not just be nine athletic events. Um, because well, I say like Darden's a pretty active group. There's a lot of you know, run club and all sorts of things like that. Not everybody is, is into that stuff. And so making sure that it truly is as like open and inclusive as possible, but also just making sure that there's space for some of the women to step into that leadership role. Um, and in the past couple of years of Darden Cup, I think there's only been a few female VPs as well. And so making sure that we continue that to be a narrative that like, you don't have to have been a D1 college athlete to, to be in charge of Darden Cup men or women. Um, and that it is, at its core, it's actually really more about like people management, um, kind of biggest cheerleader of the section, uh, section pride, and then event planning type of job. I'm fascinated by the sheer number of section E members we've had on the <laughs> podcast. I think, and I can't say that we are doing this with any, any intention, uh, but nevertheless, when we reach out to someone and they're involved in a leadership or some kind of organizational capacity I, invariably the person seems to have been in section e i have no <laughs> you, idea I, that makes me so happy to hear that <laughs> that's 
No, I, it could just be like pure anecdote. And this is the danger of me. Maybe we're trying to like call to mind past section information, but man, it feels like there are a lot of section E folks on the podcast. I am sure over the years, the sections have kind of like a, a progression of personality, but I mean, it is really funny. Like the admissions committee does a fantastic job, like sectioning people, you know, on the whole. And I think people tend to find a lot of personality similarities within their section, which is what makes the section system so useful and so worthwhile. Um, and it's funny, like, I, I think he's typically known for being like, you know, like very familial, like non, you know, non-combative, like we're, we're really like, he loves E is kind of our big quote. Um, except for when it comes to garden cup and then we are really, really, really competitive. Um, and we have a good, it's, I think us in section A have gone back and forth over the last couple of years quite a bit. And I think a lot of my best friends that are not in E are in A, but they are like our biggest rivals in garden cup. And so it's, it's a, a fun dynamic to be able to really mess with people that you are very good friends with. But yeah, uh, section E does love to, uh, does love to, to win. <laughs> Well, is there anything you're looking forward to? It sounds like you've got a talent show uh, potentially in your in your future. Any any uh, things that are that are on your radar for the gosh, the last semester of your MBA program? I know it is crazy how fast it goes. Um, yeah, I, talent show is gonna be a big one. I think last year we we did it, but it was virtual, and I think that's one that's kind of always been a uh, a highlight of Garden Cup. So really excited to see that back in person again. Um, I think the other thing, just kind of selfishly, as second year, is we our BWCs, Darden Worldwide courses, um, didn't get to happen last year given COVID. And massive knock on wood, fingers crossed, they're they're currently slated to still happen this year over spring break. Um, and going to Italy, which will be really cool. Like you write all these things in your admissions essay, and then you go through the Darden experience and kind of laugh about like which ones came through and which ones didn't. But uh, Italy is the place I said I wanted to go in my garden application. So excited to finally get to experience it. Um, yeah, we asked that question about where in the world would you want to go? <laughs> you don't have to pick a location that is currently represented within the Darden Worldwide courses. But it's cool that you said Italy and here yeah. you are planning a, planning a trip to Italy. So um, last question, same question we ask of all of our podcast guests here. Any piece of advice, word of wisdom you would impart uh, on our listeners um, as we wrap up? Yeah, um, I'd say two things. One, like do everything humanly possible to not let those two years like pass you by because um, it is very easy to do and it's very easy to get wrapped up in, in certain things and kind of miss the opportunities that are in front of you. Um, and two years is not very long. So like do not let that, pass you by. And I think piece number two is a good way to do that really is like constant reflection, having some type of bucket list or whatever that like mechanism looks like for you. Um, to know that like the reason why you applied to business school, the reason why you're going through the admittedly painful process of applying to business school um, and all those things you thought you wanted to accomplish in these two years, like actually get accomplished um, is, is a really good guiding light for you. Um, I promise everybody listening, like the, the pain of the, the application process is worth the wait. It is an incredible experience. We have absolutely loved being a garden um, and couldn't have, have wished for it to go any other way. So. Well, Kate, I, I know it's a, it's a busy time. You got a lot on your plate uh, as you gear up for 
seven classes oh my gosh <laughs> uh, that's that's wild so um thank you so much for taking time uh, out to come on the podcast and, and good luck uh with the talent show we look forward to hearing yeah. about it thank you so much really appreciate it and that was my interview with kate allen a second year student in our full-time mba class of 2022 as always if you have any comments suggestions requests anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. <laughs>